wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. No, they're on the rocks. Hundred percent on the rocks. Oh yeah, they were. All right, welcome to Auto Off Topic Podcasts, and we've got uh, this is take two, but you'll never know that of they our <laughs> of our podcast with Frank and Chadwick from another Pointless Automotive Podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? Ooh, that beer excellent you, timing. Yeah. We're great. We are uh, we are excellent. We are excellent. That uh, beer crack was good. That was uh, timed with the end of our conversation about the margaritas. Yeah. So we had our uh, it's a it's a Tuesday night, and we had our Taco Tuesday evening over at uh, the local cantina. We'll call it. Ooh. So it's my my local spot, which is uh, fortunately walking distance from the house if necessary on Margarita Mondays or Taco Tuesdays. So. <laughs> Is it a Taco Bell cantina or or no? Uh, it is not a Taco Bell cantina. We do not have Dang. Taco Bell cantinas here. I've only ever seen that in Vegas. Are there any, are there any anywhere else? I was going to go uh, Star Wars cantina. You could go Star no. Wars cantina. No, um, I believe there's a Taco Bell cantina, like the the world's most famous Taco Bell, which is the one like on the beach in Pacifica, out here. Okay. Um, it's just like the prettiest Taco Bell on, on the globe and they converted it to a Taco Bell cantina. So you can get yourself your, I don't know if they do on the rocks. I don't know how to do their, do their margaritas at a Taco Bell cantina, but you know, I do know that you can get a Baja blast margarita. And I, feel like something, about that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's something that everybody needs to try at some point in their life. As a diabetic, I will not be doing that, but it's yeah, fine. just have three of them and then Baja blast it into your lawn when you get home. I have you Baja blasted under a three of them. I mean, every time you eat at Taco Bell, you get a Baja blast, right? That's it. I see. I'm not. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm pro Taco Bell. 100% pro Taco Bell. I know it sometimes gets a bad rap because I'm also <laughs> pro authentic Mexican food. But I just I've come to the realization that Taco Bell doesn't pretend to be Mexican, so it's fine. Sure. So it's what's your just, go-to then? And did you and did you mourn the death of the Enchirito as much as I did, or what's your deal? So if, I don't want to make this an entire podcast about Brad's health concerns, <laughs> but I'm I'm diabetic, which doesn't help, and I'm also uh, super gluten sensitive, so I can only get certain things there. It used there. to be stuff like the Quesarito, but now I'm a steak Power Bowl guy. There so you go. Power on steak lane. steak Power Bowl is the way to go. You can get it driving across country, and it's always good. And I don't have to Baja Blast afterwards because my body is used to Taco Bell, so it's good. There you go. Anyway, now that the gross part of the podcast is over, I will also say welcome, guys. Uh, we wanna, we're we going to hit you guys with a couple of uh, softball questions. 
and just find out a quick little introduction into who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. So I think we can start off. Uh, everybody knows the origin story of Andrew and I that listens. I think we need to have the origin story of Frank and Chadwick, which oh Andrew and I sort of heard last week during the beginning of our recording when everything fell apart. But I didn't hear any of it, so it's all new to me. Oh, perfect. There you go. Before, before that wicked nor'easter came through. Yeah, the wicked nor'easter. Yeah, just like total silence. It's brutal. And if it sounds a little different to our regular listeners, we Brad and I are in the same room tonight. Yes, we are. Oh boy! Well, All right. Night. So, <laughs> depends so, on how many uh, of these beers so go Chad- down. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, so Chadwick, do you do you want to field this one? Do you want me to field it? Like how to? How, what do you want to do here? We could uh, tag team it if you want. You can start with a cool. section and then hot pass it to me. Uh, Baja blast it over, if you will. I, we we could do that. So how about this? Um, do you want to just start off with your 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 late night search on Craigslist? Uh, do you want do you want that to you know to and people can draw conclusions from that as they wish. But why don't you start there and then maybe I'll field it. We'll we'll, we'll volley this bad boy back and forth. Yeah, so I'm I'm up late at night looking for used automobiles that I can't afford nor need or have a place to store. I've got the meat sweats quite heavily. And I come across a 1989 Ford Taurus SHO. Uh, it looks to be in pretty good shape. So, you know, we start working on a conversation. I think I'm a pretty quick mover. I buy a lot of junk. So, uh, yeah, quick mover in all aspects. But I, I called up this this particular individual and I said, let me come check out this sweet car you have. Uh, and that's, that individual was Frank, uh, of Meanwhile. course. Broker of fine vehicles. And uh, basically... So I got that from him. I've also purchased, I think, two other vehicles from you. But the reason, like the genesis, and I'll, I'll segue into that, is we started talking. We're, we're looking at the car kind of half-assedly, but we ended up having a genuine conversation about all the other weird stuff we've owned, what we're into, and it ended up being like a, what, two and a half, three-hour conversation when someone yeah, was like, supposed to be just buying a car? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that was kind of it. And then, so I sold you the, the SHO, and then... I don't even remember what other jalopies kind of came next. So I ended up sort of being for a minute and still am to some respects, Chadwick's uh, um, crappy automotive pusher uh, dealer, if you will. Um, So I, I, as a photographer, I I have a photo booth or a a photography gig with a local car donation company and help them sell some of their more interesting stuff that comes through. And some of the stuff that's not like online auction worthy, but is otherwise kind of cool if not buckety i would call chadwick in the middle of the night i'd send him like the you up girl text um just to see if i can get him to buy one of these random cars that would otherwise go to the junker and so um every time we would have an interaction interaction we would just end up talking about automotive nonsense and it got to the point where like why don't you why don't we just record this one day right like maybe like three and a half people will find it interesting one day and that was kind of it. And so we did. We, we we started recording this thing, and we're 70-something episodes in of um, what is literally and literally uh, another pointless automotive podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and so now we're, we're, we're talking cars and, and kind of doing uh, maybe somewhat similar to what you guys are doing. I mean, not certainly not entirely. Um, but, you know, I think we've, we've come to find out that we've got a lot of the same automotive tastes. And so here we are, combining forces. Um, <laughs> one one episode here. So what, I think yeah. I, I think the important thing that the biggest takeaway here is that you found a way to still have the 
the the connections page on Craigslist that was pulled so many years ago. You know, it's no longer man for man. It's clunk bucket for clunk bucket. So you're in the, the C for C section over there and uh, it works out and you found each other. So anybody who's looking for some friends can just go buy old garbage. And generally the people who are selling the old garbage are probably your kind of people. So kind that, of. Yeah. I mean, Chadwick, isn't that, I mean, now I, I feel like this guy was somehow even stranger than I was, but didn't you kind of get the same feeling of that? You bought that Bonneville not that long ago and you came across the guy and he had a whole bunch of other weird jalopies sitting in his yard. And you're like, wait a minute. Like yeah. kind of to speak to that point of where it's just like, yeah, like traffickers and junk tend to traffic and junk. What was that on Craigslist? It wasn't the personals. It was like missed connections or something. Do you guys remember that? I do remember so, that. I, in I, our mean, case, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> in our case, it would be Frank would be like, Hey, I'm trying to push junky cars. Me, that, that blonde gentleman who came and talked about my show for way too long. That's yes, yeah, missed, yeah, the 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 old famous missed connections set, mm-hmm. or it's uh, uh, me. Uh, you 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 passed me in traffic, nineteen ninety nine Ford Taurus SHO. I sitting in my pickup truck with an empty trailer, <laughs> <laughs> two ships yes. passing in the night. Read US, if you remember. Yeah, <laughs> U.S. Safeway buying organic celery. Me hiding behind the eggplants, farting. Yes, yeah, similar. <laughs> Same, 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 same. So the good news is, is that you guys found each other and you have a podcast now oh. that we can all listen to and we do listen to and enjoy. And uh, I apologize. It's, it's yeah, hey, listen, thanks. it's we, we constantly apologize to our listeners as well. Uh, so I am sorry because I know you guys have also listened. So mm-hmm. I know it's to our listeners. We like to promote other people who do similar stuff to us because obviously if they listen to us for whatever unknown reasons. They right. probably enjoy listening to somebody else who does something similar. And I think the biggest thing that we've always had a takeaway is we like everyday people stuff. Like sure. we don't we don't own Ferraris and Porsches and Lamborghinis and or, or if we do own Porsches, as I speak to the Porsche in the back <laughs> of your camera shot, we own the least desirable Porsches that we can buy cheap. Canned versions of every yes. manufacturer. Yes, what? absolutely. Yes. Volkswagen, isn't it? Volkswagen or Audi? I can't remember. It's complicated. Okay, yeah. it depends on it depends on which part number you need to get. Right. <laughs> yeah. Audi engineered it, but they used Volkswagen pieces. So right, and it's got a Porsche badge on it. It's it's yeah, which means nobody yeah. wants to work on it. So no. it's kind of a fun, correct? A fun including experience. including the owners as well. Yeah. Fact, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why it's still well, on jack stands over there. Some, it was last week when we spoke to you as well, because for those who don't know, we actually were on your podcast a couple yes. of weeks back, and the episode goes live. I think when this episode comes out, that episode will already be live. So if you go check out yeah, the another it. pointless automotive podcast, you can find us on there as well. So. If you yeah, can't buddy. get enough of us, then uh, find us there. So well, anyway, next one. can't. Oh, they can. They do. There's, there's no question at all for sure. We've been around now for 300 episodes, and uh, that means that... Golf clap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That yeah. means that at least people have listened to us once or twice. At least 150 people individually have given us two chances, which <laughs> makes us makes it important. So <laughs> we're, we're, getting, we're getting somewhere. Um, uh, anyway, enough self-deprivation. You guys have a similar podcast to us. You do not have a similar origin story because we were forced into friendship years ago and didn't have a choice. Uh, you guys chose to be friends. So that's, that's, that's different all itself. But are you both long time, all time, forever time car enthusiasts, or is this a, a later in life thing or something that, uh, 
you were kind of born into and couldn't get away from. That is a that is a loaded question, my friend. Really? Um, I mean, it isn't, but it kind of. I mean, at least the short version for me is pretty much yeah, um, long termer. But I guess um, I don't know. Like, I, should we just? Do you want to just have us talk about like each of us, like how we each individually got into the world of automobiles? And if so, Chadwick, do you want to go first on that one? Oh yeah, from the cradle to the grave. Same here. Uh, always, always been into cars. You're dead. No, I'm. I'm anticipating that I'll still be into cars when I die. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're going like I see dead people for a second. Coming Sorry, carry on. Spirit vision. Um, but no, yeah, same thing. You know, you know, big kit, Hot Wheels, Matchbox, as far back as I can remember. Uh, being into really cool, interesting cars. Uh, my dad was famous for like buying five hundred dollars ship boxes, so I still have a love for ship boxes. So that's kind of where that comes from. Uh, but always interesting cars, uh, weird stuff. I like fixing stuff. I've always been the kind of fixer of things, like a general handy person. So uh, it just came naturally that I started restoring cars and mostly turd boxes and bringing them back. So yeah, I don't see that ever going away. Always always been into cars. Uh, video games and stuff along the way too. I know you guys mentioned video games from time to time. Uh, Gran Turismo, big influence on me. Uh, some other games along the way, same deal. Was that what yeah, you definitely. loved for Pontiac Bonnevilles was Gran Turismo? Yeah, that was like a cheat code you had to enter to get that fast car <laughs> because it was way too OP from the beginning, right? Actually, <laughs> like, cool R34, here's my supercharged body. Well, I mean, that's, that is kind of how we all got into what we're into because the game did have R34s and Supras and we just remember driving the Mazda Demios and the weird garbage that you don't really want. But we do want for someone. Now we want, right? Yeah, yeah we need yeah. a Toyota Vitz, which is just a Yaris. Sure. <laughs> for some reason, I want a Vitz RS. Bro, so, so you I'm can listening. race in the Vitz Cup. Come on. That's living, li- living this close to Mexico, there's all kinds of stuff I see driven over the border with Mexican tags that I want to keep here for no apparent mm-hmm. reason because they are all cheap pieces of garbage, and I still want every <laughs> single one of them. And we do see Toyota Vitzes and Suzuki Ignis every now and again, and just some weird. Some weird stuff. Every now and then something really cool too. Like there was a uh, first gen Focus RS not that long ago that was up over here. So there's, there's definitely some neat stuff that comes over. But when they were still uh, front wheel drive, yeah. Um, Frank, what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always kind of been interested in cars and and similar thing with all the you know I had a whole bunch of the old uh, like Tamiya you know model kits growing up as a kid and building those and. Um, I remember before I had an actual car, um, I was really into, I, I really, for whatever reason, I wanted an old school Toyota. So before I even owned a car, I was like kind of an old school Toyota head. I'd almost bought a 76 Celica liftback in baby blue over dark blue five speed. That was for sale in my neighborhood for like $800. Um, and then my parents, but at the time I was only like 14. I wasn't, it's not like I was like months away from getting my license. I was like years away from getting my license. So they poo-pooed that. And then I almost got an FJ40 with a Chevy small block swapped into it. And then my parents thought I was going to roll that thing over because they were right. Like a 16 year old kid with a, sure, you know, a 327 and a, and a 73 FJ40, bad idea. And so then I ended up as my first car, I got a, my 1965 Plymouth Barracuda, um, which uh, very different, very much not an old school Toyota. And then I got into a muscle car phase. And then later I got into 
more old school Toyota stuff and then more everything. And now I've owned European stuff and kind of all over the place. And I think part of it was, yeah, just growing up, just model cars, toy cars, um, you know, Gran Turismo, doing the endurance races on, on Gran Turismo 3 in the middle of the night um, all summer, um, all that stuff. Um, and I remember one one interesting one, just a quick kind of seminal moment I remember specifically was, um, so I grew up, my mom, probably part of the reason why I was into old school Toyotas was I grew up, her car was an 82 Celica GTS, liftback, white over brown, five speed. And um, I thought that was going to be my first car, you know, and I was like, sweet, this is going to be cool. And then it got rear-ended and totaled. And then this would have been 97. And she was like, hey, like, do you want to help me buy a replacement car? I'm going, I want to buy a new car. And I'm like, absolutely, I do. And that was like my mission. We went to like the Interna- San Francisco International Auto Show where they have all the new, all the manufacturers bring their new cars there. And so we went around and I helped her shop. And she eventually ended up buying a 98 uh, Integra LS sedan five-speed um, as the replacement. But that was like, I remember like, then I did all the research and I kind of went through all my old magazines and like all the stuff and blah, 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 blah. Tried, I tried to talk her into a, buying a 3000 GT, which made no sense but that's what one does when you're whatever i was 14 um and so long story short is that was definitely i think really amped it up like i was into it and that really cranked it up and i've never looked back since so that's in a nutshell i suppose cool so that was a little bit of your car history but i mean do you guys have like any notable cars you've oh had over your ownership experience Ooh. Or if Chad wants to tell us his cars, because yeah. Frank went ahead and just told us all yeah, his. Yeah. So let's get the notable was, ones you want to talk by about. By all means, that was not all of them, but carry on, Chad. I think I'm in the sixties now, cars I've owned. So Oh yeah, don't don't do that. We don't have that much time. It's no, bad. So My, nobody I, does. Current fleet's only ten, so maybe, um, maybe a quick quick synopsis of the current fleet. Jesus. It's a lot. Is it? <laughs> I just sold the Bonneville. And a Land Cruiser. I think I think there was some sarcasm there because he's currently <laughs> sitting in a, behind a window here behind us is at least ten cars, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want to just kind of give us a, a a synopsis of maybe current fleet ish and some uh, real some real chart toppers, uh, I, I think one of the things that th- I think about whenever I think about you guys. Ooh, sorry. One of the things I think about whenever I think about you guys. Um, is the fact this another similarity beyond having a similar podcast is that Andrew and I forever also owned identical Mitsubishi Galant VR4s, and you two gentlemen also own identical Mitsubishi Galant VR4s. So, I mean, this was this 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 friendship was born long before we knew each other, just just based on that. So, (laughs) there's no no other two sets of friends, I think, out there who have identical Mitsubishi Galant VR4s. Unfortunately, Twitter. we don't anymore because I did sell mine. Quitter. Big tier. But <laughs> eh, let's figure it out. So beyond your Mitsubishi Galant VR4s, unless those are the ones you talk about, uh, hit us with some uh, some some cars that identify you as who you are, as your car personality. Not your personality, your car personality. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, current fleet, like I said, is 10. I have some pretty cool gems mixed in. Uh, I just picked up a 2005 Mini Cooper S, uh, British Racing Green five or six-speed manual. Really cool car. Uh, my second Mini Cooper. 
I've got a 300ZX twin turbo Nissan uh, in the background getting refreshed as we speak. I got a 90 Corvette ZR1, uh, an Eagle Summit wagon from 92 manual. Oh, very cool. Uh, I got a Chevy Blazer manual from 94. So that's a two door with a five speed. Pretty cool. S10 Blazer, yeah. Yeah, S10 Blazer. So pretty cool. And that's the last of the boxy kind of styling. As, as you as you know, we have a uh, love hate relationship with the S10 Blazer over here. Our, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's about that sweet, it's, it's pretty sweet. Uh, so I have a Nissan NX2000. So shout out for the SR20 homies out there. Um, I have a Dodge Neon ACR from '98, or an that's, actual that's ACR. Us, that's for us Mopar people, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Neon's a good uh, everywhere. I have a '92 Miata. I've owned so historically. I've owned this is my fourth Miata. I've got a 92 Gallant VR4, uh, and that's my fourth Gallant VR4 that I've owned too. So uh, I've owned some gems. I had a 93 NSX for a little while, uh, had an E46 M3, had a 190E 2.316V. Had some crazy stuff along the way. Mazda Speed Miata, some kind of unique stuff. Sabaru. I think uh, Frank and I share the Sabaru connection too. But did. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool stuff along the way. Excellent. We have uh, two listeners who have the uh, Japanese import version of your Summit Wagon, so I'm sure they will uh, they will enjoy like an that. RVR Expo LRV. Uh, neither of the above. They are Mitsubishi Chariot. <laughs> oh, oh, Chariot yeah. Chariot Resort Runner. Is Come along to yeah. carry me home. Yeah, Chariot Resort Runner RGT. Or I, yeah, they're going to correct us next, but. They're chariot resort runners, what they are. So they're basically it's a good name. They're the summit, but they have a slightly higher roof with a pop-up sunroof, a bubble, a bubble window, kind of like an old Vista Cruiser in the front, and they're Sick. all-wheel drive manual four G six three turbos from the factory. Oh, that's nice. Which is super cool. Yeah, so that's fantastic. Those, those those are neat. So you're a good company with that too. And we have another friend nice. who has a super fast summit four G six three swapped turbo, ridiculous, like full on all the DSM stuff. So, all right. So that was a bit, a bit more detailed than Frank got. So I guess we will pass it back to Frank now because he, uh, he did touch on some of his stuff, but oh boy. he wants to get a little yeah. bit more into the detail. And, and, and well, let me try and here. go quick. Cause I don't, I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn the night away. Um, currently. So I've got, yeah, I've got the, uh, Gallant VR four, the 91 Gallant VR four. I've got a pair of 82 Porsche 924s. One's a turbo one. Isn't, I've got a 41 Chevy half ton, just a crusty old farm truck, runner driver. I still have my first car, the aforementioned 65 Barracuda. Uh, I have a 91 Subaru Sambar that I've turned into a photo booth for weddings and and whatnot. So that's sort of a miniature business venture there. Um, I've got a, I just picked up an 06 uh, LS430 with 55,000 miles on it. Uh, metallic brown over cashmere it's quite old man spec and i'm kind of into it um as far as you know interesting stuff in the past uh, as i said i I did go through a a mopar muscle phase so i've had a a couple of um, second gen barracudas 67 barracudas i've had a couple of 67 plymouth belvedere's one with a small block one with a big block I've had, um, I, I did get through my old school Toyota phase. So I had, I've had a 79 Mark one Supra five speed. I taught myself how to drive a stick on that car. I had a, uh, an 81 performance package Mark one Supra, which is pretty uncommon. 
Uh, I've had an 83 and 385 Mark II Supras. Um, I've had a bunch, and then just a bunch, like a poo-poo platter of other silly garbage in between. Uh, a lifted Toyota Sienna. That was my daily driver till pretty recently. Um, some other European stuff. I've had a couple of E24 6 Series BMWs. Um, I had a 73 Jaguar XJ6 with a Chevy small box swap. Um, and on and on. Some some stuff was sprinkled in there in between. Oh, and I did have one other Galant VR4. I had a Summit White 91 in college that I bought and put 5,000 miles on it till the timing belt let go because that's what those do. Um, Especially when you're in college and don't know you have to change them. Well, I bought it from a guy who was nice enough to be, he worked at the local junior college and he let the junior college students do his timing belt and water pump on mm. it for him. Of course, because the kids did it, there were no records of this allegedly. Sure. And so I don't know that they did or didn't do it, but something wasn't done right because 5,000 miles later, it decided to to fail. And I ended up trading it as a non-runner to a dude for a 1990 Eddie Bauer Ford Bronco that I then immediately sold for $100 more than I paid for that Gallant. Um, so I was able to get out of jail free a little bit. Um, but that's kind of just a quick rundown. I'm sure there's some way more interesting stuff in there that I've, I've forgotten about. A couple of old school Volvos, um, random stuff like that. But um, yeah, in a nutshell. So one of the things we get asked and is something that I always <clears throat> don't have a good answer to. So I'm going to force you guys to answer it as well. <laughs> um, why? What is your end game? What, what, what is the... <laughs> What is the point? Why do we have all these cars? Because I don't have an answer for it, and I can never answer that question. And it, it, my, my answer is always, I guess I do have an answer for it. My answer is always, why not? Um, mm. Oscar the Grouch. I love garbage. Garbage makes me happy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any good reason for it other than that. I mean, and it's even to the point, you know, where we're all pretty bad, but we have different levels of bad. And sometimes Andrew asks me why, because I have way more garbage than he's willing to put up with and sometimes even more than he's willing to put up with in a friendship i think so he's here on vacation and we were in my car all day so it's that's just how life works when you hang out with me i guess but so why is there is there an end game are you, are you in it for just the love are you in it to sell some stuff and make a couple bucks or is it just the experience the love and and, and what do you enjoy doing with the cars yeah, we kind of reflected on that recently in an episode. We looked back and tried to justify basically why we are the way we are horribly. Uh, but for me, I, you know, speaking personally, uh, for me, when I see a good deal, when I see a rare car that, you know, you know what you're looking for. We all have that list in the back of our head and it, it pops up for sale. You either move or you lose out. Right. And for me, it's that fear of missing out especially like if it's a turd box that needs to be restored, right? Like if I don't do it, that thing's going to a junkyard or is going to continue to rot away in this backyard. It's my my duty to bring that thing back to life. It's also it okay. And... It's okay if it's rotting in your backyard, just not their backyard. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, well, it'll get put in a garage here and it'll be kind of kind of worked on eventually. I mean, that even that Z car sat for almost two years before I could get to it. So it'll, it'll get done eventually, you know, but it's just, I feel like this obligation to, to step in there and fix it up and frank do you how do you justify your uh, car fleet behind you too? Oh, yeah. you know what I, I wish i can justify it the way the way you are we're like oh it's gonna sit in a garage meanwhile i'm like street parking three cars and like collecting yeah, the yeah. ire of my neighbors um so i you know i don't have that get out of jail free card but you know a lot of it's very similar you know i i've i've 
bought cars where I brought one, brought it home because somebody was like, oh, this is going to go to the wrecker or whatever. I mean, th- that was our origin story, that that Taurus SHO. I yep. bought that for $800 because it was about to go to pick and pull the very next day. Um, and I, dr- I bought it smogged. I drove it home. like, But it was going to go to pick and pull because nobody wanted it because nobody knew what it was. And so there's some of that. There's some of like, hey, I, I always wanted to tinker with one of these and the price is right. And I know I'm not going to necessarily lose on the other end unless hours after I buy it, it turns into a ball of goo, which apparently ha- some happens sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, um, I get to have a little bit of fun. I get to hopefully leave the car better off than I found it. Um, and if I sell it, on the other man, uh, sell it again on the other end and make some beer money, um sure. then great um with that said i i still have way more many way more cars than i want to have if i'm being honest with myself but does that stop me no do i still go online and look at stuff no do i still stumble upon something and buy it when i'm like why am i doing this and i'm like sitting in at the local dmv like registering a car and paying taxes and stuff and i'm like why am i doing this yeah that happens all the time um but you know ultimately i think at the end of the day i justify it because it's like this is an interesting, unique piece of machinery. I'm keeping it from going to a worse off home. And then ultimately I get to be the arbiter of where it goes next, usually. And so I can sell it onto a good home and, and get it in front of the right people and save it a little bit. Well, know, that's, a, that's like a common thread too between all four of us is we're all pretty wrench savvy. We can do our own work. It wouldn't make sense. This model doesn't make sense financially, right? If we brought everything we needed fixed to a shop, right? We'd be how many times would we be homeless? I'd be like homeless 2000 times over. So it's just, you know, I think we're all pretty handy. And I think that's another component of why we amass these vehicles that need this attention. Would you say you would be NX 2000 times homeless? <laughs> it's sorry. It's, I, should I leave now or? I mean, if, if your career was a comedian, you'd be homeless as well. Kill so a read. Oh, <laughs> don't <me> um, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's important to remember, though, that you're never homeless if you do own a fleet of cars because you have you can always have a roof over your head. That's so true. You're totally, <laughs> totally fine. You're totally fine. You can have a leaking sunroof over your head. That, whatever. <laughs> I think it was my, my father that taught me the phrase because my father, obviously, everybody knows where I got this from, that you can you can live in a car, but you can't drive a house. So that's fair. Hey, if anybody wants to know where my screwed up priorities came from, it's right there. <laughs> You can so, pull a trailer though, so hey, not with most of my cars, I can't. But that's okay. I just I need to get to that next level that you guys talk about, like selling it on to the next home. Because my issue is that I feel like I'm the only one that will even appreciate some of this stuff. And if I move it on, it's going to wind up. Even if it's running and driving great, it might wind up in the wrong place. So I don't know. That's a personal issue I have with it. But I there's another weirdo out there. Don't worry. Oh yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and honestly, with a bunch of them. I, I say all this, and you know, I can't even say all cars that I have leave my possession better than I got them either. So I just, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't let can't let it go, man. If I can't have it, nobody can. So <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys have a game you play in your podcast. Um, Would you like to play your game? It's very similar to a game you play in our podcast. So we're not going to hit you with any uh, copyright infringements here, but we do have nope. a couple of cars pulled up for our Craig Craig Don't Tell Me game. Ooh. Oh boy! Um, for those who don't know, on their show they play a very similar game where they pull an actual print ad from a car from seventies, eighties, nineties, 
And one of them- 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Oh, sorry. I messed it up a little bit there. Sorry. 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Um, well, the, one of them will read the ad without any identifiable features to the other party, and they have to guess what the car is. Um, obviously, those listening to us know Craig, Craig, Don't Tell Me is where normally Andrew and I will find cars on Craigslist for each other to read the ad to the other and guess what the car is with the not as eloquently spoken as the ad copy from Factory Toyota, but the uh, drunken, possibly homeless man on Craigslist trying to sell his <laughs> Hey, he's not hopeless yet. He has a car still, okay? When he sells it, though. When then he he'll sells be homeless. Then he'll be homeless. Uh, I'm going to read this first one. Um, uh, Andrew knows oh, what yeah. it is because okay. he sent it to us last okay. week. So uh, This is a good one. This, this is a good one. Um, this is a blank blank. And I'm going to read this word to you after this. Uh, it, it may be a big giveaway, or it may also be the stumbling block that makes you not get this one. So you guys ready to play the game? There's yes, no official are we timer in, tan- in tandem. So we, we you both guys, you guys can be on, you're you're on, you're on a team. You're on a team here. Okay. So you guys can discuss in, in, in and amongst yourself what's happening here. How many guesses um, do we get? Do we just shout it out? Or? I mean, let's say you get four. Okay. And then if it uh, if you're close, maybe we'll give you a few more. There's no real rules to this game. It's very much like uh, what was that? What was that? Uh, whose line is anyway? Yeah, whose line is anyway? Where the rules oh, are all okay. made up and. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Okay, so this is a blank year, blank manufacturer and model, hardtop slash convertible. Oh, all capitals in the first sentence. <laughs> Extremely rare car. One of only four hundred ninety nine made in nineteen ninety five. The blank made four hundred ninety nine convertibles. That also came with a factory hardtop. Just purchased from a private collection. Cars clean inside and out. Loaded with options. Black with tan leather. Black with tan leather. Service recently. Ready for a new home. Female owned most of its life. Always garaged. My price is firm. Please do not bother if you're not interested at the price listed. You'll be listing both my time and yours. Now, unfortunately, there's not a ton of data in that. So I'm going to give you a couple of extra pieces of data about the car just to kind of give you a little bit more info because that didn't have a ton. Um, 17-inch polished aluminum five-spoke wheels, four-way power driver's seat, anti-lock brakes, 225-45ZR17 blackwall tires. Uh, It has a black convertible top. Um, and it horsepower number, maybe. Uh, yeah, we can find the horsepower number. What color is the vehicle? Um, is it black? It's black. Or is black. black? Black over Some tan. Black on tan. Yep. 95 Polish 17s. I think it's 305 horsepower, but I'll have to double check that. Uh, what are they? What's the asking price? What are, what are they, what's this? What's uh, our ooh, gentleman looking the asking price? All right, 22995. What is the asking price? Twenty-two nine nine five. It's a nineteen ninety-five. You said. Uh, it is. Okay. Before I heard that price, I was thinking like ASC McLaren. It felt like a very limited edition car that didn't come as a convertible that they converted to a convertible. That's where my mind was going, but that price is a little steep. Like an two hundred forty. 
240 horsepower. I don't know if the AC, AC McLaren was a car in 1995, but that's okay. We won't hold that. Well, they had, a, they had an AC, Cla- uh, AC Earth, McLaren Earth Mustang, but those were earlier, I think. I don't know if they had them in the SN95 body style. No, they were GM had some cars. ASC. GM had some ASC cars in the mid nineties. Mm, I can't think of any, but we'll hold that fact. They did it's not like a, a Pontiac Grand Prix and stuff, but I don't think they ever made it as a as a soft top. That's a convertible. Um, oh, ASC, just as in the American sunroof, not the McLaren part. Correct. Okay, yep. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I can tell you with uh, much authority, this is a factory built convertible car. Okay. It's not with, an ASC. With a hard top option too. With a hard top. With a hard top option. Two hundred and forty horsepower. You said ninety five, two forty. Um Talk to me, Frank. What are you thinking? It doesn't mention anything as far as transmission, does it? I didn't hear anything about it was like five speed or off. Uh the ad it's not, not, but if I go in to look at the car, I'll give you that. Um let's see. It looks like we have a five speed manual with okay. overdrive. Um I don't I'm not Mr. E man. I'm not E thirty six M three guy. So I don't know if they made a convertible in 95, and maybe if they did, they made like a very small number of them, and that's why it's only, it's only, but the, the, the horsepower kind of, ma- 17, if it's factory wheels, it's 17, so polished, that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't jive. No. Um, it's definitely not an R129. Um, only 499. For some reason, I feel like it's domestic. This is 499 with the hardtop. There's way more than 499 of these cars existing. Only 499 are built with the hardtop. Was very specific in the ad. That's a weird oh. deal. Um. So it's a hardtop, and it also has a soft top, or no, no dice. It has just two tops. It. Two tops. Yeah, it has a soft top underneath. Top in it. Correct. Yeah. Again, they made way more than 499 of these, even even way more than 499 convertibles. Only. I'll I'll give you the hint that you were in you were in domestic. Yeah, you're correct with domestic. It feels it feels domestic. That's why I went with ASC at the beginning. Um, 240 horsepower was that correct? I mean, could it it be? Could it? Could it be a Mustang? Are you thinking like an saline or something? Not without horsepower. I mean, maybe, but like, I mean, just just mentally, with polished wheels, black over tan, came with a factory hardtop. I know that's roughly the same horsepower as the early modulars, Ford modulars. Um, we've got four guesses. So should we? Do you want to just? maybe shoot from the hip the other option is if it's like 95 it wouldn't be a camaro wouldn't be a fiber not a 240 horsepower in 95 no that's like more it'd be more ballsy than that Hmm. um i'm just by ballsy you mean like barely 300 (laughs) sure (laughs) well 95 would have still been an lt1 car it would have lt1 it would have been 275 i think right right on the power um a little ballsier. It also wouldn't have been a five speed. It would have been a six speed. Correct. Truth. For, I, was it just a straight GT though? I mean, 
That'd be weird if they only had. He's had three hundred horsepower. No, two hundred forty horsepower. I, I guess three hundred top of head was two forty. Unless it's a an early Cobra, like early Mustang oh. Cobra. No, Mustang GTs had 95. like three hundred horsepower out of their V8s. Not, at that not ninety-five. Yes, sir. No, I think we're. I think it's about two forty, and then it bumped to two sixty-five, and then it was three hundred five for the thirty-two valve Cobra, Cobra motor, and then it turns out they were full of shit, and so then they put a supercharger on it to to give everyone the middle finger. I'm thinking must. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Mustang. I think it's a Mustang. Okay. So in 1995, could you get a convertible Mustang also with a hardtop? Maybe only 499 of them. Ah, well, you are 100% correct. So it is a Mustang convertible with a hardtop. Okay. I cobra. didn't. It is, it is a Cobra. So in 1995. It is a Cobra. Okay, early Cobra. Uh, just, yeah. just, we saw that horsepower. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so wow. <laughs> 1995 would have not been a modular motor. So 240. Oh, you're right. Been, that's the last year of the 5.0. You're right. Correct. So 240 oh, would have been. 240 would have been correct or pretty close for an early mod motor if it was a 96 car. But because 95, it's 240. And that was the hot version of the the old school five wheel. I was fronts, unaware. Because otherwise it was 225, I think, right? For a standard GT. For a regular GT, yeah. yeah. But when I told you it was 305, that was my error because I was thinking of the later Cobra. Um, right. Yeah, the, the number is two, 240 was a number that was lower than I thought as well. Uh, I've never seen one of these in person with a hardtop on it. Um, it's actually, it doesn't look like a convertible. The hardtop follows the lines of the OEM top, like exactly. It's, it's of the OEM coupe. Yeah, it's quite surprising. It looks, it just looks like a coupe with the hardtop on. Very similar to the E36, kind of, kind of has a very coupe look. Obviously, you can tell it's different, but it still looks like a hardtop. This is a, it just looks like a Mustang. It doesn't, these are guy value. Twenty-two and a half. We think that's overpriced. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm not sure if they'll ever be super can, like collectible. It's a Cobra. The um, '93 Cobras are very valuable, but that's a whole cool. different animal. This car only has fifty-nine thousand miles on it, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. I don't think it's worth thirty grand because you can still get like a sorry, twenty-three grand because you can still get an O three Cobra. I think for Terminator yeah. price range. Yeah. And that's a much more of a car, in my personal. In opinion. all respects, yeah, yeah. I, I, think I mean, people are more into a Terminator Cobra than these, for sure. I, I think that somebody's dreaming a little bit, but that's that's the <laughs> that's that's the unfortunate thing with Greg. Greg, don't tell me we're not talking about an MSRP here. We're talking about yeah. uh, Mister Trying Not to Be Homeless's. I know what you know, I've got. Yeah, self valuation of his car. So, oh, uh, well, let's see. We had another one here. Let's see. This good. Oh, shoot. Boy. Uh, we get three. We usually do three total. So, when we do this one, um, this doesn't have enough information. No. So, I think we're gonna skip over that one, and we might go on to this guy here. Oh boy! Um, we'll have to take less time on guessing on this one. That's, I think. I think it's gonna. This one will be incredibly hard. Yeah, I, I, oh, I know boy. some. Perfect. I know some facts on this one. If you wanna. Factoids. Yeah. All right. So we've got uh, hello. I'm Hi. selling this very rare blank, blank, blank. That's uh, a shit. Should I give this info? Yes. Okay. Fresh from Brazil. Oh. Never seen salt or snow here in New England. Okay. Uh, they've got a clean mass state title. Ready for a new owner. Uh, this car came from Sao Paulo, Brazil last summer. 
and now it can be yours in the U.S. Ooh. Asking price, oh, 35000 or best offer in cash. <laughs> I can trade Is it that something American I like. Or? Yeah. Nope. Um, kind of. That's pretty much it. I'm going to give you a couple more pieces of info on this guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's this Brazilian. is a 4.1 liter inline six. In this is a 1991 um, car. This car is carbureted in 1991. Carbed <laughs> 4.1. Why is that number sticking in my craw? Carbed as as 4.1. Um. It's not a it's not a seventy series Land Cruiser, is it? Because you had a not, four point It is not. Your, your first question that was asked was, "Is it domestic?" And we already answered your question is yes. So oh. you're right out of your Land Cruiser. So this is oh sorry, I, I didn't. So they're all domestic then. Well, uh, let's define domestic here. Wait, yeah, was this domestic not- in Brazil? <laughs> So there's a couple issues here with it being from Brazil and being domestic. Is it domestic or is it not? Now, when we define domestic, are we talking domestic to America? I, I guess is it built? Is it is the nameplate on it and a, and a traditionally known as being a, an American manufacturer? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, that is definitely an American manufacturer. Uh, if I were going to tell you that it was a vehicle that they sold here, I'd probably be lying. So this yeah, is why would you a, pay thirty five hundred dollars, thirty five thousand dollars for Brazilian import if you just buy one here? Um, right. Especially a nineteen ninety one car that's carbureted from the factory. Can you still get a Jeep Wrangler carbureted in ninety one? Not that that's not what this is, but. Um, uh, you, a lot of SUVs and trucks were still carbureted in '91. Yes, Ford had a four-one straight six, right? During that, a little older, maybe. Um, trying to like mentally convert that to cubic inches. That would be what, like a two twenty-five or something, two thirty. Oh, uh, let's see, somewhere in that general vicinity. If 302 is 5.0, yeah, somewhere in that general vicinity. That's not important. It's a 4.1. It's a 4,100. 4,100. This is a a sticky wicket. Um, Can can I get a door count? Is that kosher? Uh, It has four of them. Four whole doors. Naturally aspirated or turbocharged? Uh, this is very, very naturally aspirated. <laughs> so you're saying it's like 6.2 to 1 compression? Like that's, that's how naturally aspirated it is? Given the horsepower number versus the um, cubic inch number, I would say yes. Um, this is a 4.1 liter inline six making 120 horsepower. All the torque. All of the all, torques. All the torque. Um, well, because the information system is kind of kind of low, I'll, I'll, I'll sure. give you the More biggest hints. hint I can I, I can give here. Um, okay. This particular vehicle rhymes with an American market vehicle, but is not the same. Oh boy! Hold on, let me mentally go through every uh, the Rolodex of every possible uh, domestically sold American vehicle. Um, yes. Is it a 
A Crustang. No. Um, <laughs> Wait, the make or the model sounds like a... Uh, no, the make, the make is an American make that you can get here. But and, the model's a, and the model, name. the model is a is a rhyming name with another model from that manufacturer. That was a historic model dating back to 1959, Ooh. and sold here until I think two years ago. Um. A Pimpala. Um, I mean, you are so close right there. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just trying to put it together. Um, Pimpaller, I think, is what you're trying to say. Well, then the rhyme goes away with Impaller. Pimpaller, it reads the rhyme. Um, you, you probably couldn't get any closer Chim- without getting Chimpala. it, you If you, you want to stay with the Allah part here, we'll, uh, we'll really break it down. Ah, oh, boy. Um... I guess there's also the danger that you guys don't know this car exists because it's from. That might be it because I'm, I'm. If yeah. I'm being honest, I'm outside of outside of the Nissan Suru. I'm not really up on my, which is okay. a defunct B13. We will skip over Centra. this one for, and we'll give you. We'll, 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 we'll call this one a tie here. We'll, we'll give you. We'll give the answer because you got all the way to Pimpala, which is funny enough to let it slide. So this is a Chevrolet Opala. I've yeah. never heard of an Opala. <laughs> ah. So the Chevrolet Opala was kind of uh, a Nova-sized car through the 60s and 70s. And you could get an Opala SS. And the cool thing about the Opala SS was it came in a two-door. It had a tail stripe, like a Mopar-style tail stripe. But the SS version came with a five-speed and twin side drafts. Mm, Okay. Sorry, sorry, triple side drafts, which is super cool. So is it it like an old stove? It's got to be like an old Stove Bolt 235 then, inline. You know, I honestly don't know what exact engine it is. It's not very familiar looking. I can tell you that much. Because I think that is effectively like a, a, a 4.1. And they put that in, they made that from like straight up like 1940 up until I think domestically they killed it off here in like 1961 or 62. But then I think in commercial applications and other stuff, they made it way longer. And I, I, I bet you dollars to dildos. It's that, it's that same motor. It, it says the Opala's long lived 250 cubic inch 4.1. Oh, it's a 250. Okay. Yeah. So it probably is the same one we got here, but they had a hotted up version of it. There was a, um, was it the SS version of it. I think it made somewhere in the high 200 horsepower rating. So yeah, pretty, pretty neat stuff. So that one was really difficult and really not fair. So we'll, we'll skip over <laughs> to the last one here. I'm comfortable with not fair. This one has a lot more info um, and a lot more. It's also not an American market car. We'll just start with that. But it's one that you have a better <laughs> chance of knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one that if you follow me closely, you might even have a bigger hint to. It actually belongs to a friend of mine. And I've posted pictures of it sometime in the recent mm. past. Okay. Uh, from Craigslist. This is a 1992 blank, blank, blank edition. It is one of the most sought after and unique cars from blank. And it's one of the most fun and exciting cars you can legally drive. Ooh. Featuring gullwing doors and a mid-mounted turbocharged engine and exotic car styling, the blank is a head turner no matter where you go. This particular example features the highly sought after blank trim with upgraded bumpers, hood, and F40 style rear wing. 
Inside, you'll find a black interior with red seat details, a five-speed manual transmission, a aftermarket radio and air conditioning. This particular example is finished in black with blemishes here and there, but shines and presents well. Mechanically, runs and drives great. Recent alternator belt, yada, yada, yada. New 13-inch tires all around. Frame is in great shape. Floor pans show signs of repair, hence reduced price. Okay. I think we're okay with this one. Yeah, hey now. Hey. Um, so I think it's one of two options. One is the easy one. One is the one I don't completely 100% remember exactly what it's called. It's the, it's the easy one, man. It's definitely with the go-wing mid-engine it's, turbo, right? Well, yes. So the easy one would be the the AutoZam AZ-1. There you go. But oh, okay, but they also easy. made they also made a Suzuki version of that, right? And I don't remember oh, what that was called. You're gonna steal my thunder. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, they did make a Suzuki version of it. The foof. Yep. Suzuki or the foof? Suzuki? Yeah. No, I did. Yeah, sure. We'll call it the foof. That's the totally foof. fine. Um, this is an AutoZam AZ1 Mazda Speed Edition. There's a sweet. Yeah, there was a Suzuki one at Japanese Car Day. Serve, serve, something. Serve. It probably wouldn't be hard to figure out with the old Google machine. These are cool. I'd, I'd love to have one of these cars. Yeah, these ones are really cool. I've sat in one before. Um, they are kind of interesting getting in and out of, um, but they are impossibly cool. I would not want to flip one over on its lid, but that aside, I think they're really cool. Suzuki car. Cappuccino, speaking of Suzuki. So yeah, we had this we hard. had this whole conversation this weekend because my friend actually had this AutoZam that's currently for sale on Craigslist out and about and at an event that I was at. And we we're all kind of talking about which of the kind of weird Japanese K cars we would import if we could import one. And a lot of the conversation about the AZ1 was the whole it's probably the most dangerous of all of them. <laughs> yeah, so for, for several for, reasons. For a few reasons, and one of them being but I guess a lot of gullwing door cars have some kind of emergency, like if the car is upside down, the door pops open system. Yeah. And the AZ-1 doesn't have that. Nah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but counterpoint, the AZ-1 is entirely glass from your hip to the passenger's hip. So it right. might not be necessary because chances are pretty good. There wouldn't be anything holding you in any way. So you're going to be ejected before you have to escape. One, 100%. 100%. <laughs> So if you are interested in AZ-1, this car is for sale for $22,000, and I can personally vouch that it's pretty nice looking. So that's a really good price for one that's of actually, Yeah, that's actually pretty good for a Mazda Speed one. Yeah, somebody um, put new floor pans in it, which is the issue. So he's uh, okay. reduced the price a little bit. But he's an interesting character with a bunch of cool cars. So nice. anyway, uh, go ahead, uh, Frank, what were you saying? Well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I agree with tr- wrecking an AZ-1 would be a bad day. But as, a, as somebody who owns and drives occasionally... Uh, a, a 91 Subaru Sambar. Um, yeah. In a cab forward design in those, in, yeah. in a K vehicle where your your feet are sitting ahead of the front wheel. It's got, um, it's got an airbag name, really Frank. No bumper. Yeah, it's a little, little yeah. dicey. Yeah, for sure. And that's unfortunately, you know, people talk all the time about the safety of new cars. And obviously we have the conversation with about children and putting kids in the old cars and, and how do you justify it and what do you do? And, you know, it's, we understand the risk. It's one of those things where if we didn't want to do something that was risky, we'd all go out and buy a new Camry and just be a boring person all day long. And that's it. be guaranteed a long, boring life. But I mean, 
I don't want to say I'd be happy going out in an old car, but at least I lived my life with my old fun car. And I don't know, there's no, there's no real other way to say it. Obviously, the conversation with children is a whole other conversation because sure. we're making a conscious choice for somebody else. But I think that uh, my personal opinion is have your nice, safe car for your daily use. And it's okay to put your kids in the car for the weekend to go to a show and kind of give them that, that experience and kind of develop that love with them. And I think that most of us have that same, don't do anything stupid, but also sure. like, hey, I mean, I grew up in the back of a motorcycle. My dad would take me places in the back of a motorcycle, which is yep. something that maybe in 2023 I might not do, but you know, in the <laughs> in the ripe old 80s, it wasn't as big of a deal, I guess. So, but I just, it's, well, it's one of those things with any, just with any hobby, you know, you got to do what, do what feels best to you because that's why we do the hobby. As we talked about earlier, justifying why we have the hobby. It's, there it is. We don't need it. We don't need to justify it. It makes us happy and that's all that matters. So, you know what makes an excellent child-friendly, uh, interesting car to drive around from yesteryear? A Galant VR4. Um, funny story. Uh-oh. The short version of, of a long story. The gentleman who I sold my car to is a longtime friend who actually helped facilitate the purchase of it when I bought it. Uh, and the reason he bought it is because he owns a second gen Eclipse that's fully caged and runs like low nines. And he owns a Miata and he just had a baby and he wants a fun car to do baby things with. So he bought the one VR4. Go. Also, it's like his third going out VR4. Hmm. And I think Andrew here is always talking about looking for a vintage Volvo 240. Right. For that same Solid purpose. Choice. It's, it's a good, a good car. For, good, good car for doing events with and taking the kids along with you so there's there's ways to do it and you know uh, listen my daughter was dropped off to school quite often in a 1980 dodge colt hatchback and <laughs> thankfully we never got an accident and the only thing that ever got hurt was her ego so it's, uh, <laughs> it's the, only, the only issue there but nonetheless she'll always remember that 1980 dodge colt as for better or for worse her experience growing up so it's Again, I guess it's our responsibility to do what we want and have the most fun we can have doing it and not worry about it too much. So Right. And just like try and do it like at least like mildly sensibly, right? Like there's one thing, it's just like I you know, I I dropped my for um on St. Patty's Day I took the, the green nine twenty four out and I I dropped the kid off at school in it. Because, like, hey, St. Patrick's Day, you got to show up to school in a green car. So we sure. went. And, and you know, he, my, his school's less than a mile from my house. Yep. And it's not like I'm trying to do 90 in the thing and, like, cut and do stupid stuff and commute traffic or try and dice up a back road with him in it. And if I did dice up a back road, it would be at, at like, four-tenths, right? And so, sure. you know, I think it's just be sensible and, and keep your head on a swivel and don't put yourself in shitty situations in your and that's and that's the thing i, I think it's a lot like a lot like driving a riding a motorcycle when you're driving an old car you really have that i, I think it makes you right. a more aware driver anyway and it makes you a better driver because you're always concerned about that soccer mom or dad in a escalade that weighs eight thousand pounds which is six thousand three hundred pounds more than your 924 so it becomes right. a serious actual thought in your head and you know, I, I ride motorcycles, I drive old cars, and you just you just have to you become a better driver, unfortunately, through necessity. And I, you know, I unfortunately I did have a pretty serious accident in a vintage car not too long ago, a year or so ago. 
Um, but thankfully, it was a mid '90s vintage car, and it was a Saab, so I couldn't yeah, speed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But and it's funny because I, I I run that back in my head all the time. I don't know how he got down this dark path, but I ran that down. <laughs> I ran I run that in my head all the time of what would have happened if I wasn't in the Saab. What if I did take the Colt that day or to take the Crescent that day? And the single thing I always come back to is I wouldn't have been in the passing lane doing 75 miles an hour. I'd have been True. in the right hand lane cruising along at my own pace and not worried about it and. It wouldn't have happened. So intoxicated with that Swede speed. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's a 1997 car. So it felt so much more insulated than a seventies or eighties car. And it just, it's almost like modern driving around a modern car. So that's personal preference I get, but um, that's about an hour guys. Um, I'd love to do it again and get a little deeper on some other things. We just barely scratched the surface. I feel like learning who you guys are, but uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we'll it's okay. To... When we're on part like thirty-seven, uh, I, people will finally like be writing and complaining, and, and the bloom will be off the rose. But until then, yeah, you and the government, back. you and the government also feel like you don't know us well enough. So right. we'll just keep it that way for now. We're six hundred episodes in. We could use thirty-seven more episodes of content. You guys <laughs> talking? So <laughs> brilliant, but, excellent. Well, again, thanks for guys for coming. I think before we go, the most important thing to do is where can people find you on the internet? personally and podcastily take it chad oh yes sure uh so apa podcast another pointless automotive podcast anywhere you listen to your finest uh automobile themed loosely themed podcasts uh you know check us out there we also have a a weak but growing i i guess you could say youtube presence uh and instagram same same deal kind of weak but there pulse is still there uh check us out uh and then personally, Auto Obsessive Garage, you can follow me on YouTube for my rescue restorations of crap boxes, car reviews, things of that nature. Uh, Frank, where can the good folks follow you personally? Oh, boy. Well, you, I can be found up in the club, as 50 once said. Uh, beyond that, uh, the photographer's garage on all of the things. And that's uh, that's pretty much it. How about you two? What are you guys doing besides uh, hanging out with the, the, the shades drawn uh, together as one? <laughs> It was dark out there. He wouldn't say anything anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll get to do it next week because Andrew's here this week and we're tearing through some of my projects real fast. But uh, let's see. Social media. Follow us at Auto Off Topic on Instagram, mm-hmm. Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, where it's just the same content as Instagram pushed over to Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Twitter, Scale Autocast on Instagram. Uh, in personally, you can follow me at TSISS350 on Instagram and uh, Brad underscore DeSantis on Twitter. Andrew, where can they find you and I POTV? I Race the Nager on Instagram and partedontheblock.com. Come see us where you've got some posts on there and also parked on the block on Instagram and parked on the block without the K on Twitter. Believe it or not, parked in the block is too long of a name for Twitter by one letter. Yep. <laughs> Quite frustrating. So have you tried have you tried atting Uncle Elon and see if he, he can I always think I was thinking if we get the blue cir- the blue circle and put a P in it, maybe we make it work. But there you go. it's probably not gonna happen. So Bang. Anyway, again, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I'm sure thank we'll do this again. Us. I already yeah, have an idea for another episode Here's I want to do with you guys. Um, oh my. Yeah, well it's okay. we'll, we'll chat. We'll chat about it. Um, it's not nothing serious. It's just a, an opinion piece. We'll put it that way. I think that oh. uh, you guys are very aligned with us. So I think the opinion here might kind of work out. So 
That's um, it. Let's keep this echo chamber going. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, listen, I mean, Hey, we do this for free. Nobody pays us. Um, we're allowed to say whatever we want. So yeah. people listen to us by choice. So we might as well put our opinions out there. Right. So That's right. heck to the, yeah. All right. That's so, uh, as always, Andrew, keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Woo.